This is the War Room Roundtable podcast, the show that takes you around the world to share interviews with some of the most successful and relevant businessmen and women on the planet, hear their stories, and get the most important business lessons they've learned on the road to success, and get exclusive advice on how to implement their successes into your life and business. The War Room Roundtable is brought to you by your hosts, Jason Miller, CEO of Strategic Advisor Board, and Philip Llanos, CEO of Own the Rhythm, and former podcast host for Entrepreneur and Inc. Magazine. Welcome to the War Room, uh, Maria Mesa. It is a pleasure to have you here. Como estas? <laughs> the pleasure is mine. Bien y tú? Yes, yes. No, we're, we're doing good. Uh, I'm excited, like I said. Uh, anytime I'm talking to somebody in the health tech space, I mean, it's, it's, it's an important time to be in that space right now. You know? uh, but before we even go into all that, one of my favorite questions to ask, and uh, everyone who listens to this show should know what's coming, that is, uh, do you yourself come from a family of entrepreneurs or business owners? I actually do. Yeah, my dad was an angel investor his entire life and all of my cousins and my uncles have their own companies so I was definitely raised in an entrepreneur environment and since I was very very young actually and not even in college in high school like wearing my uniform my dad used to take me to business rounds to hear startups pitch and he used to show me the numbers and I used to like sit down next to him and do due diligence to companies and startups. And I saw him fail many times and be successful some other times. And so I definitely have that in my blood, I would say. And in the way I was raised. And I would say connecting that to healthcare, I have that in my blood and in my education and also in my desire to create positive impact and, and do good for the world is another very important piece. In, in my life and in my education. Actually, my parents are philanthropists now. So they're entrepreneurs and now they dedicate their life to just help others. So I think health tech, it's a, it's a very good combination of those sides of, of my soul, I would say. Wow. This is an incredible opportunity to see like exactly, you know, a lot of people will look at their life and say, oh, I don't, I, I never had anyone in my family. And yet we've had many people on here who, weren't from business like background families at all who were able to do amazing things with their lives you know so there's no barriers other than the mind but it's also a great opportunity to be able to sit here and listen to somebody who did grow up in an environment where you could see all that and what you still had to work really hard to get to where you are regardless of the resources and I'd love to go into that so here you are in the you're in a meeting room or you're in the office with your father and you're doing due diligence and you're learning all this, right? You're in high school. At what point do you decide? Cause you don't have to, right? It's a choice you make that I'm going to go into business. Actually, I bumped into it. I didn't decide. I think the, the reason why I ended up in entrepreneurship is I spent many years in my early career, many know because I, I'm 30 years old. So the, the, the short career I had before being an entrepreneur, looking for a purpose, like looking for, and, and asking myself, what do I want to specialize in? What's the industry I care about? What do I want to wake up every morning for? Um, and it took me a while. And honestly, I ended up 
building this company out of luck, I would say, and serendipity with my high school friends. Um, and the story is very long, and I don't think this is the space to tell that entire story, but we didn't start the company in healthcare. We started it in real estate, building technology for real estate and for electrical companies to train people in VR uh, have on how to do like technical jobs and stuff like that, and ended up in healthcare because we weren't happy with the purpose that we had. Uh, but to answer your question, I, I I never told myself I was gonna be an entrepreneur. I just ended up doing that, looking for a purpose in my life and looking for meaning. Wow, there are some deep implications to what you're saying. Right, because anyone who does eventually succeed in entrepreneurship, it doesn't happen until they start asking for purpose. And where is that going in my life? Because I, I have spent many years doing the opposite of that and found none of that being worth time uh, spent. So it's really interesting that you say it that way. Uh, before I go any further, though, I want to give Jason a chance to sort of remark on some of the things that we've been talking about so far. Yeah, I, I love the bumped into thing, right? Because everybody uses a little bit of a different word, right? But um, a, a lot of times people get into business by sheer accident, right? <laughs> Complete accident. I know I have many ventures that uh, I've been a part of that they just, they either happened out of necessity or, or you stumbled into something and you found a problem to solve or whatever the case may be. Or it was eaten at your heart and you're like, I can fix that, right? That's something I can fix. And by fixing that, that is going to allow me to affect a lot of people's lives. So, you know, what, what you're doing is affecting people's lives. And I always think business should be a vessel to, uh, you know, inflict, I don't know if that's the right word, but inflict uh, a lot of change, you know, not just for your surroundings, but for the whole world, because we should all want to make the world a better place, for sure. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. <laughs> yeah, it's just no. more fun. And you don't feel like you're working if you really have a purpose. Yeah. See, this is this is what I'm talking about. It's it's a perfect example, uh, speaking to you, of a lot of people like go to mindset training and this and that to try to like get to a place where they see the world that way, right? Like they literally have to force themselves to be something they are not to become. And this has a lot to do with like the current age we live in, where entrepreneurship is like Hollywood glamorized, right? And like this is who you're supposed to be, and this is what it's supposed to be like, and then. There, there are some facts that people try to force themselves with grit when, re, when in reality, for you, it was just a matter of asking yourself, man, what would make me excited to wake up every day? And how can I do that? Right. And can I work with people who also make my day better by just being able to work with them? More fundamental, more basic, and yet more impactful decisions and questions that you're asking yourself that shaped ultimately how you ended up here. Is this, is this sort of an accurate account of the way it looks? Definitely. You know, I, I, I feel so grateful and so lucky because I, I, I actually don't like the word work. <laughs> I, I just feel that when I wake up in the morning, I'm just living my life, you know, and I'm being myself and I'm building relationships with people that I actually want to have around me. 
And I do that when I do business and I do that when I make new friends and I do that with bellwethers as well. Hey. So I feel that like building a business and, and finding my purpose was just following a, a desire to feel like I'm not working. I'm just living my life because life is too short. And if you feel like you're working and you're actually working like 70, 80% of your time, then when are you living? Um, so for me, my work on my life and who I am when I'm working and when I'm outside of my work is the same Maria, you know, it's the same person, it's the same values, it's the same approach, it's the same uh, vulnerability that wow. I that I bring to like every relationship I build. So I think that's, and that's something that actually something happens to a lot of people when they go to work. I don't know what's the percentage, I don't know the stats, but definitely it's not the majority of people who think that they just go to work and they're just living their life. Probably one of the most profound questions I've heard in a long time is if you're spending all your time working and you hate what you do, then when are you living? Like, whoa. <laughs> Might have just been, you know, casual for you to say, but it, I think it's an important thing to make people rewind back and listen to exactly the way you said that. It's it's really important. Now, we're at a stage now where we can talk about Alternova in the conversation. Please, like, Tell me, so you made the transition from real estate to 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 actually health tech. What are you working on now? And and what are you excited about sharing with the listeners? So the, the very quick executive summary of how we started Alternova is we're just a group of friends with different skill sets. Uh, some of them developers, uh, another one, a game developer, another one, a data scientist. And I'm kind of the business slash people person in the group. And we were all heavy gamers as that's just something we enjoy doing in our spare time. And we were asking ourselves like, hey, how, how can we build a company using games, like using the technology that we love? And we also shared that the data that you can collect through a game is just something that you should use in favor of, of people and of solving actual problems. So we started in real estate building gaming technology to showcase properties and to train people in an interactive way. Um, and we started in that industry just because we were all very close to problems in that industry. Our families and people close to us were involved in the real estate industry. So it was really easy for us to identify problems we could solve using gaming technology. But at some point, it wasn't fulfilling enough. So we started looking for an industry where we could, or a niche or a set of problems, however you want to call it, where we could apply the same skills, but with a higher purpose and actually creating a bigger impact in the world. And the story is long. We did a lot of experiments in, in, the, in the process and ended up bumping into healthcare and realizing that there is space for developing technology and experiences inspired by games in an industry that really needs engagement, that really needs fun, that really needs for the industry and the world to think, how can we make healthcare experiences enjoyable for, for people? Because we are all patients. We are all humans. We all have healthcare experiences. And it's just not fun in most of the cases going through a healthcare experience. So healthcare needs or has a lot to learn from entertainment and from games. So the combination between all of those pieces was like a realization for us. And when we bumped and, and understood what digital health was, and specifically the field of digital therapeutics, that many of them are games, we kind of instantly fell in love and decided, like, we need to be someone 
we need to be a company, we need to be an important player in this industry and in this niche because healthcare needs funding. Yeah, no, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. I, th- I think I remember reading a story somewhere about kids were going in to be scanned, like brain scans and like MRIs, I think is what it's called, and all kinds of things. But the kids were always scared of that and they were crying. It would be a difficult process. And then one doctor actually turned it into like a cave and, you know, they, they, they give a narrative and we're actually going on an adventure. And suddenly the kids w- couldn't wait to get to that part of the journey where they're like, and now we go deep into the cave. And while very serious work is being done, very serious work is being done instilled in creating a great experience for the child growing up who then will become comfortable. I mean, I, I don't have to point very far to say like, let's look at the dentists and how little most people want to go to the dentist, right? No matter how fun you make that, the minute you hear the drill, <laughs> it is business <laughs> before pleasure there, <laughs> right? So I love what you're doing with that. And I, I, I can think of a few people I want you to talk to post-conversation, but this is exciting stuff. And uh, I have a few more things I want to get into, but I also want to let Jason chime in. Yeah, you look at, it's interesting because like I just took our, we, we had to take our son in the other day because he fell and he broke the little thing on the top of his, it's like a piece of skin that's attached, right? So we had to take him to the dentist and uh, they make that experience so fun, right? They have like, uh, you walk in the door, you check in and they get in a, uh, like a little wagon and stuff. And then they pull them back there on the wagon. And then there's all these, they let them play with all the tools. So it's like, here's all the tools, play with them, right? It's like, they, right? They don't even care. And it, that's the things though, that make, uh, they make things fun, right? And as even as grown-ups, right? We want to be involved in things that are fun. There's so much that comes from that kind of brainwave, right? If we can put ourselves in that space and be children more often, we'll be way more innovative, right? It's a proven fact that most kids are great innovators. Why? Because everything is, it's new and it's exciting. You know, you watch a kid with bubbles, like my three-year-old, you blow a big old bubble. It's like, oh, right. It's like just amazing. And then we just look at it like, yeah, it's a bubble. Right. But <laughs> so, you know, what you're doing is really trying to bring people back to be a kid. Right. And that's, that's a cool thing to be able to do for sure. It's awesome. I think that's a beautiful way of putting it. Yeah. And while it is all entertainment and stuff, the business side of it is pretty serious. I mean, you've got serious developers, right? Who are going, I mean, developing anything. If anybody's ever Mm -hmm. tried to just do basic HTML and now we're lucky we have HTML5, right? The basic, very basic website, even just to put a text that says, hello world, it takes some work. You know, and you have to understand a language. Now, imagine being able to do that for an entire application, right? And you have a close-knit team. So I know that it can't be easy, but also it, it does inspire like a lot of creative opportunity and control. So that's super cool to know that 
and that each of you have your own respective lane, right? Developers, data analysts, being able to take massive amounts of data and information and say, what's the story here? That in itself is a whole art, right? And then being able to keep people inspired, to keep them working well together, to be able to then interface with the rest of the world, the, the skill set that you have. And you're a great storyteller. I can just tell from the way that you already articulated most of the conversation that we've had so far. I can see there's a huge promise where anybody who did have heavy capital should be able to recognize that with the right team, anything can be built, right? And the fact that you have a vision on top of that, it's just, this, is, this is serious stuff. And so what I want to know is like, what should the listener know? Because we, we know what you're working on, the kind of team, but what should they know about where you're going with this? Like, what's the latest move? How do they stay in touch with you? I think talking about business and mixing that with purpose, the most important, and I think for any business, not just for us, stakeholder in a company, it's always employees or teammates. I don't like to say employees, actually. So my teammates or your teammates in your company. Um, so making them feel part of your mission and your purpose is a very important piece of, of, of making them be part of what you're trying to create because they're actually the ones doing the work. I'm just talking shit, you know, and they are actually <laughs> the ones putting on the shirt and doing the hard work. So that's a very important part of talking about business on, on, in my opinion, in my early entrepreneur career and how you should build a successful business. And another important piece about our story is that although we work mostly in the American market and in the American industry and 99 or 98% of our clients are in the U.S., companies in the U.S., just because digital health is, is a thing in the U.S. and it's starting to be a thing in other parts of the world as well, um, 100% of our talent is Colombian and we operate our company in Colombia. And the reason for that is the founders of this company, as I told you, are my friends from high school. And I speak decent English as do they and that's not the case for 99% of the population in our country you know they are not educated in, in great universities as we had the chance to they don't have access to speak or, or, or receive English lessons since they're very small so our policy in this company is to hire people that don't come from fancy universities that actually come from smaller cities in Colombia that don't speak English and that haven't even finished their engineering career or that are not even engineers yet. So that is a very big part of our success as a business. We give opportunities to people that usually an American company or any company working in a field, and especially not in healthcare, because it's so regulated, so specific, so hard, so everything involved, doesn't usually give opportunities to these people. And that is a very big part of our success because when you do that, People give 500%. And not only them, they bring their cousins and their siblings and their college friends and their neighbor to the company and they stay and they grow and they give their best. And that, as a consequence, we deliver the highest quality of products to our clients. So I think that talking about business and how I think a, a company should be built is putting employees or teammates first. That's the most important stakeholder. And it's actually not me. It's proven by numbers that doing that and paying attention to that state, those stakeholders that are the most important one, you do more for your clients, you deliver more value and you make more money. 
So that's, <laughs> yeah. I think, a very important part of our secret sauce. Not only that we're solving meaningful problems and creating technology that matters, but actually the souls behind the code are a very, very, very important part of the mix of ingredients. Oh, man. Triple bottom line is is uh, is what I'm hearing here. A purpose-driven business in the realest sense. Uh, I love the idea. Um, I'm excited to to actually follow what you're doing and just stay uh, on top of like the development of the company as it continues to flourish. Where should people go for that? Like a social media feed, or a website? Should they download an app that's like in beta? <laughs> this is something that I have to admit. And it is that everyone in the company is, is, is producing, you know, actually doing stuff. I am the only one in the company. I just hired my, my, our sales manager recently, but until very, very recently, I was the only one from the company outside and we have close to 60 people at the moment. Um, and I'm not the best with social media or anything similar, but maybe our <laughs> website that was actually developed by me, I'm working on the redesign because it doesn't do us justice yet. That was the initial version and I really need to work on that. So maybe my LinkedIn and our website is probably the best place to learn a little no, bit yeah. more about us hey. and reaching out to me. I'm always available for anyone that's curious and especially people that are curious about entrepreneurship with social impact. That is always some, some like a conversation I, I want to have. No, I love it. And I, I'm, I'm honestly not surprised. I think anybody who's doing really good stuff, you know, should probably like, it's not a priority to, to, especially if you already have all the ducks in a row and you're like, look, there's like very little time for other things, but you can catch me if you want to talk about this, because it's still related to that, that clarity again is something that I think is also part of the secret sauce as you, as you so aptly put earlier of like the stage at your, which you are in the business right now. And I respect that. Uh, so yeah, so they can just go to like Maria Mesa Alternova on LinkedIn and online in general and be able to find whatever they need, right? Exactly. Or send me a text or send me an email or send me a LinkedIn message. However, yeah. it's easier for you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, now, now with that said, uh, because in the interest of time, uh, I have two questions I want to ask and th that's really my, my, my rest of my business, but I want to make sure I check in with Jason to see where he's at. Yeah. I mean, the one thing I would say is, you know, we live in a time of the digital footprint and uh, oftentimes we're doing so much good. We forget how much more good we could do with that social footprint, right? Or, you know, having the website or those kinds of things. So I would definitely, and, and I'm an old guy, so <laughs> And uh, it's just important that, you know, to spread the word and spread the mission, we have to have those assets, right? So if you want to get that spread everywhere, right, no matter how well we're doing, we can always have more effect when we're out there, you know, and, and we're in the marketplace deeper through all the social channels and websites and all that. And all that can be really daunting, but, uh, you know, that's why I have people. <laughs> have people I definitely agree with you. Have, I have people for that you. stuff. <laughs> I'm learning, your, you know, I, I or we, we have been building this company just by doing, you know, we haven't yeah. done it in the past. 
Um, and definitely the marketing side of things is I have to accept um, our weakness right now. But that doesn't mean we cannot be good and excel at it. And I agree with you. And that's very related, actually, with the bellwether laws that we have been learning and interiorizing. If I want to create a business that actually, if I want to be the architect, definitely marketing and social <laughs> media is something I, I should leverage on for sure. We should leverage on. And honestly, uh, I believe in what you're doing so much that there's a few people I have in mind that I think uh, will help in that direction. But also, I, I used to be in digital marketing and advertising. So any anything that like when I was living in New York, I'm in LA now. But if there's ever anything I can do to help there, like that's just want you to know as as me being someone who's heard your mission, your values, and where you're going with things. I can only do the right thing and that is to support wherever I can support, right? That's the most important thing business owners can do. Uh, if there's anything I've learned from talking like 1500 plus people is like everybody has their strengths and, 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 you know, Jason talks about this all the time, calls it superpowers. Right. And if we just focus on that, the, the amount of incredible things we can do is there's no limit. Right. Uh, so, so with that said, uh, in the spirit of time, the grand finale question is, uh, you ready for this? For a million points, all right? Talk about gamification. This is the final boss, as they say, right? This is the boss battle. <laughs> if you could have invited anybody today to this conversation to be a part of it, who would you have chosen? At any point, place, and time in the world, who would you have chosen and why? Something completely unrelated to this industry and or to my industry. And there's a philosopher that I really admire called Alain de Botton. I don't know if you guys have heard him. Yeah, he yeah, School of Life, yeah. Yeah, oh, I, I am a fan, you know, I'm a fan of... I have his books. Life. <laughs> I, I've read them all. Hey, we need to talk about that sometime. Hey. <laughs> I'm definitely a fan. Um, and I really admire that guy because of his power of communicating things so clearly. And I think that that's a great skill to have as an individual and more so as a company. Because um, just communication is everything, in my opinion. Communication and and when we like relate that to healthcare, communicating and and empowering someone over their health needs great communication, and that is hard to do. Yeah. Um, and I really admire the way that guy communicates and 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 his mission in life, which is communicating, you know, concepts that are hard to communicate in a, in a way that anybody can understand. And I think that's just, he's just someone that I would love to meet in person. Um, yeah. Because I think that those skills, if you interiorize them and, 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 and exercise them as a person, and if you build those skills into your organization, I think you can do magic. So it will definitely be Alan de Botton. Absolutely. As someone who has benefited specifically in life, from the ability to communicate properly, clearly, articulately, I can understand where you're coming from. And part of the reason why we've read the same books is for that very reason, I, I can assure you. Uh, I'm very happy that we were able to hear your story, share your story, amplify what you're working on. Uh, I'm sure many who are interested in this will be encouraged just by listening to the fact that you are someone that's approachable. You've made that very clear. Uh, with that said, those are my closing thoughts and I can't wait to see what you guys work on. I'll let Jason close this out. Yeah, it's a great mission you're on. Just do everything you can to get it out. You know, it's like every great, every great mission is only as good as its reach. Right. So, so get it out there on the street, let people see it. Right. And know the goodness that you're doing. That's really important. 
Um, and thanks for sharing. Thanks for coming on the show, sharing all the great things that you're doing and your story. And we just greatly appreciate you being on the show and wish you ultimate success. Thank you guys for having me. I'm, I'm grateful and humbled to be part of this conversation with you guys and spend time with such incredible people with good souls. So I appreciate you guys, your time and the opportunity to share with the world a little bit about my mission and our company. Thank you so much. Right on. Cheers. All right. Cheers. Thanks for listening to the War Room Roundtable with your hosts, Jason Miller and Philip Lanos. Please leave your feedback and visit strategicadvisorboard.com to get the latest and greatest business advisement on the planet. Follow us on social media for updates and always remember, if you can dream it and believe it, then you can go achieve it. We'll see you in the next episode.